The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you always. You're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars episode 122. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a dead. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember... The Force will be with you, always. Hello there, everyone. I had to say it. I'm Mike Creevy, a.k.a. Old Ben. And you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Just a reminder to please be sure to share the podcast on Twitter or Facebook and let us know how we're doing by leaving us a review. Spotify also now, now allows you to rate podcasts, so please give us a five-star rating over there, which helps us to get seen by more people who would be interested in listening to our show. Today, we're discussing the fifth, and my high school English teachers would be happy to hear me use this word, penultimate episode, <laughs> I think everybody's using that word on the internet now, of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney+. Plus. Uh, and this is exciting because, of course, this is, um, it's hard to believe we're here already, but you know, here we are knocking on the uh, sort of door of the season finale next week. But the official description for this episode is very simple, and it just says, Imperial Forces Attempt to Draw Obi-Wan Out. Joining me tonight to unpack this episode are, first up, Angela Cialano, the Bendu herself. Welcome, Angela. Yes, I am very happy to talk about Star Wars Battle of the Alamo tonight or today. <laughs> <laughs> very, very, very good indeed here. And then, of course, uh, Father Fett is making his, his grand return here to the, uh, the show yes. after a, a, a little bit of an absence. Father, welcome. Yes, it's absolutely great to be back. It's <laughs> been longer than I intended, but this summer is a bit crazy. So um, I'm glad I at least get to talk about Kenobi at least once for this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I kept thinking about about you too. I was like, oh man, he's gonna, ah, he's know. gonna want to be here for sure. So here, I, here I am. So yeah. Now I do have to say, as far as Ham solo segment, nothing really. Uh, nothing to see here, unfortunately. I I, uh, I did the thing where I just grabbed the pre-made stuff on the shelf, you know, Ooh. not the not the pre-packaged stuff, like the the, it's the actual <laughs> store brand. But they they have a little ready to go on certain items, not specialty stuff. So nothing fun. I, maybe next week I'll I'll fit in the, something. I don't know. Maybe with the Grand Inquisitor. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, although I think I did put in an order for the you know as the Grand Inquisitor a few weeks ago, and <laughs> it seemed weird. So. Yeah, people didn't get it, but but yeah. As far as news bits, I we don't have a lot here. There's always stuff going on, but I just basically want to uh, mention first of all, of course, that the finale for the Kenobi series, of course, is uh, coming up now. If you're listening to this particular podcast on um, the day it airs, we're looking at well, probably less than 24 hours, certainly to uh, to when Episode Six, the final episode, uh, drops. So we're looking forward to that one and, and unpacking that as our final sort of breakdown from the Kenobi series, um, and then. Uh, really, next up is this fall, and I just want to get your guys' thoughts. Where are you at with your anticipation of uh, Andor and Bad Batch, but now Tales of the Jedi? Yeah. So all kinds of stuff coming out. Probably what do you think? <laughs> we haven't heard from you. 
Um, I think my only concern is that of the overlap, like yeah. Andor and the Bad Batch, I think are releasing not simultaneously, but I think there's a there's a bit of it overlapping, and mm-hmm. um, I will keep up. I mean, the, there's no doubt about that. But <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be challenging uh, being back in in school and trying to um, keep up on all the all the fun shows. I think I'm most excited for Andor though. Though mm-hmm. the, I, I like the idea of a kind of a spy thriller, and yeah. um, you know uh, Diego Luna's character Cassian is uh, one that we know relatively zero about. So right. I'm excited to to get into to his character and and see see where he's coming from and uh, yeah and and Bad Batch. I mean. We we all loved uh, the first season, so more more of that is is always good. And I'm excited to see Ahsoka's origin. Yeah, yeah. so uh, that's that's going to be pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I I'm still super excited for 2023 though when Ahsoka mm-hmm. the show is going to actually debut. Yeah, but that's that's I'm getting a little ahead of myself there. <laughs> How about yeah. you, Angela? I'm I'm really looking forward to Andor, definitely. I mean, looking forward to everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, Diego Luna being in Star Wars is very cool for me as somebody who's half Mexican. Um, so that um that is very exciting. And also I think, you know, we're kind of getting with Tala's character and Kenobi, we're sort of getting like little hints of maybe what um Andor could feel like um yeah. with that kind of clandestine sort of thing going on yeah um so i really have loved her character in kenobi and i'm looking forward to meeting a whole new cast of characters like her potentially sure. so we'll see well and i gotta say i i was um hesitant at first with some of those you know like the um the reddit leaks of the things people film that they're not supposed to you mm-hmm. know off the uh the screen and in investor meeting or whatever <laughs> when they but i did I did watch the Tales of the Jedi one and I was just like, dude, that's more exciting than what I kind of imagined because they, they did show like a little scissor reel of it. And the animation It's just it's so Clone Wars esque and that animation is just so impressive. And, you yeah, know, it, I think it, it'll be it matches exciting. the animation of the Clone Wars, not visions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's um, it's. <sighs> I don't know the the Dooku thing is very. I don't. I don't think I realized how interesting that was to me mm. until I listened to the. Uh, and I can't think of the title of it now. But there was it might have just been called Count Dooku. There was a relatively short kind of novel about him and and I don't know if you read that one, Father. It's like it him a, and, and um. I want to say it was a it was an audio like right a, yeah a play yeah that was right just transcribed. That's it. it was I think it was just called Dooku. Right. Dooku. Yeah. Right. Mm. It was it was an yeah that was kind of. Because I listen, I listen to a lot of the audio books, but that one was, I think, an actual production as yep, an audio yep. sort of drama. Yeah, um, but that was neat because it, it's exploring more of his background and his journey to the dark side, which you don't really get any of, you know, um, in the in the prequels that much, you know. So uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. So yeah, we're we're all excited. Can I just throw out? I would love to see like Quinlan Voss in Tales yeah. of the Jedi. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, he was he was name dropped in a couple <laughs> episodes ago in Kenobi. So <laughs> they could do a whole series on Quinlan Voss. He's oh, yeah. such a different Jedi character. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so yeah. many things they can do with that story. Yeah, so. I'm still hoping for a live action. Like, since they mentioned him in live action, I'm kind of like, oh come on, 
I do think for those who wanted to see him in this show, and I, I would have been okay with it, but it was like with Boba Fett too. It's just like the more I've thought about it, it's like I, you don't want to overdo it. I think, mm-hmm. you know, or, or have it, have him detract or something mm-hmm. like that from the main plot. So I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obi Wan yeah. Kenobi is is very much yeah focused on, and one I think even uh, Deborah Chow mentioned that it's a character study, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and so I, I've mm-hmm. actually really appreciated that aspect of it but as i was even thinking about it not to kind of get too off too far off topic here but or maybe even on topic as it were i think it's a character study of of him and um reva and yeah they mirror each other in really kind of cool ways well and i why don't we just dive in here then because here here we go <laughs> um and and we're going to try this out tonight just a, a sort of a more condensed uh plot summary here this evening and, and then kind of get into some of the discussion points because there's so much here um and and not just this episode but i feel like the way that this episode really starts blossoming i think some things that that you know for those of us who have had our critiques of it you know i, I think that there's some things that are uh, starting to really kind of open up here. And, and I think, you know, we suspected some of it, you know, it, it was coming in particular, but, but just to get to the plot summary in general, um, we pick up uh, uh, right where we left off as, as this is really um, has been doing, but, but in kind of a different way. And it was sort of an unexpected way for me personally, but we'll get into that more later, but we get this um, uh, opening scene, which is a flashback uh, between Obi-Wan and Anakin, uh, it looks, and I, I don't know about you guys, but I was double checking right hand on Anakin because I'm trying to find like, when is this? And mm-hmm. that, it looks Three, like a non, two. yeah, it's, it's a non mechanical yep. right hand. So yep. this is probably not super pre episode two. It's, it's right in there, but we have the beginning of this flashback scene with Obi-Wan and, uh, and Anakin in the sparring session, which then just jumps right into, uh, Vader on the deck of his ship uh they're on their way uh to find kenobi and he gets this report uh from the third sister that they are on jabim so she's confirming this this location they've tracked them through um uh, through lola leia's droid and uh then lo and behold vader knights reva as the new grand inquisitor um and then we move uh right into really this this increasingly rapid i think kind of paced um uh, build up to to vader's arrival and so the whole way through the episode you know we have the imperial forces descending on jabim um while our heroes basically on jabim are trying to get whoever's there on the, you know, from the path off planet as quickly as they can. But before they can do that, the, uh, hangar doors automatically shut and close and lock them in. Of course, that is, uh, a sabotage by Lola who is acting in this sort of a quasi demonic possession kind of thing. Um, and of course, you know, as everyone's you know desperately trying to prepare for this, you have these really cool flashbacks through the episode back to that same sparring scene between, uh, between Anakin and Obi-Wan, and we're going to get into that a lot more, so I'm just going to kind of jump past it now, but the Imperial forces arrive uh, in an attempt to sort of give them some more time uh, to to get the doors open, get everybody ready to leave. Obi-Wan has this conversation with Reva uh, through the door, and that's when we find out, of course, Thomas, you're right, where are you out there? Thomas in her <laughs> host prediction, of course, that Reva is indeed ultimately after Vader. Uh, that she was indeed the youngling that we saw at the beginning of the series, that this has been a long-term plan of hers 
uh, where it's not so much about her upholding uh, the the Jedi code. It's it's a, a purely revenge kind of uh, situation for her. Um, she's very conflicted because Obi Wan's trying to get to her a little bit and ask her things like, "Are you? Do you really want to?" you know, do the same thing to these, these kids, right? And the, the path that are trying to escape, there's women and children back there. You know, do you want to have the same thing happen to them that happened to you? You know? Um, and so this, this whole thing builds up basically to a confrontation uh, between Reva and Vader as Obi-Wan and the rest of the folks escape in this dramatic uh, fashion that we'll of course unpack in a minute. And surprise, surprise, the grand inquisitor is alive. Um, he shows up at the last minute. We don't know the details yet of how long Vader's been on to Reva's plan, but he leaves her for dead on Jabim. And then she finds Obi-Wan's dropped communicator with a message from Bail Organa where he mentions Tatooine and the boy. So Obi-Wan intuits that at the last minute in the episode, and we're left with this cliffhanger of what's going to happen. We see Luke in the, the homestead there at uh, the Lars homestead on Tatooine, and a lot of questions, of course, going into episode six. So um, that was a, a longer plot summary than I intended to do, but hopefully I compacted enough of it to get the gist of the episode, and we can kind of get down to, to business here. But uh, let me just get your guys' first impressions here right out the, right out the gate of the episode as a whole. What do you think? I, I, so I, I'll kind of actually take a step back and kind of give my impressions on the show as a whole mm-hmm. since I, oh, please, not, yeah, I forgot to mention have that. not yet yeah. been able to do that. <laughs> Go for it. I've, I've rather, um, I've been enjoying this c- series, um, a lot. In fact, I'm very sad to hear that there's only one episode left. It's, mm-hmm. we could do, do a, a whole lot more. The, I think Princess Leia has just kind of like stolen my heart though. She is, she is <laughs> definitely my, my favorite character here. And even in, in this episode, I mean, she, all I could think about when she goes and crawls into the, to the vents to, to figure out what's going wrong is, is I had flashbacks to Grogu trying to fix, uh, Mando's <laughs> ship in season one of the Mandalorian and Grogu's like, <laughs> trying to doesn't know what what wires to pull and and you know princess leia is just she's she's gung-ho for it uh so so to see her as a very very mature well sassy mature for for a 10 year old <laughs> uh has been has been a lot of fun and i've really enjoyed obi-wan's character arc i know that that this is this is meant to be like i mentioned before a character study of him I, I had a I had a parishioner actually this morning uh, talk to me after mass and was like saying like were, were you disappointed in Kenobi and like you know why did they have to strip Obi Wan down to nothing and and I was like well I hadn't even really thought about it that way like people's lives go up and down and and even mm-hmm. like I'm not the same guy that I was ten years ago and and right. you know I could totally kind of understand where Obi Wan was coming from and and I didn't see it as a detriment to the show. No. But rather, you know, he's just dealing with this, you know, his perceived failure of, of Anakin. And perhaps in the first couple episodes, I was I was like, come on, use the force and, and you know, use your lightsaber <laughs> and let's let's get into that. But the more that you watch the whole show in, in progression, you know, we're, we're Obi-Wan is coming back to that as he's learning to accept right. the past and forgive himself and all of this stuff. So I've I really, really like that that character arc. Because it's relatable. It's something that, yeah. you know, not everybody figures out who they are at 20, 20 years old. And then like they're they're just good for the rest of their life. 
life mm-hmm. has its has its seasons, its ups and downs, and I think we we can all kind of relate to that. So I've I've really appreciated that. And then in particular, this episode, I loved the flashback sequence. I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As as you all know, I am a huge fan of Attack of the Clones. So to be able mm-hmm. to kind of jump back to that era and see Anakin and Obi-Wan in that role and just sparring. I mean, that mm-hmm. was cool. That was really cool. Uh, Anakin, of course, being uh, a little more aggressive and stuff as per his character. And, and, and I loved how the writers paralleled that, that spar with how Obi-Wan is able to, to interpret what Vader's going to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I, I think that this was a, a brilliant episode and, and uh, I'm, I'm sad that we only have one left. So. Yeah, I would say um, I'm definitely, you know, bummed out that there is only one left. Um, I would say, you know, for me, the series as a whole has been up and down, but I think that's just because I went into it with certain expectations Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately upon like rewatching the episodes, I like them more. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just finding that there are more layers than I initially am able to receive upon my first watch. Um, and in particular, what I'm appreciating more is how this series is also giving us glimpses into Vader and Anakin, you know, his, his character as well, um, that I wasn't expecting to, um, you know, be able to get kind of inside his head as well. Um, and I really, I think that was one of my favorite things about this particular part, um, of the series. Um, and then also the other thing that I appreciated was just how, um, I really picked up on a theme of, Kind of like from a Christian perspective, it reminds me of when St. Paul talks about um, when I'm weak, then I'm strong, like sort mm. of the the value of the small and the value of, um, well, just not underestimating people. Um, mm. And the other theme that I picked up on that we can talk about later is also mercy yeah. and how um, Vader is very anti-mercy. Riva is anti-mercy. And right. And Obi-Wan is pro-mercy, though. All right. Well, and we do have, I do want to share Andrew's Andrew's comment here. So we have uh, Andrew couldn't make it tonight. Um, Thomas couldn't make it either. We have, uh, It's Father's Day, by the way. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Father, happy Father's <laughs> you, Day to you. You too, Mike. <laughs> Thank um, you. And so we, we had... Um, a couple uh, uh, just scheduling conflicts and such. But, you know, Andrew, uh, I asked if we could just share his uh, his take here on this episode. So I'm going to do that. So get ready. Here we go. He said, here are my thoughts. Uh, I said, thanks for finally doing a flashback, though showing us a lesson that Anakin obviously didn't learn is cheap and tired. <laughs> they could have done something more nuanced, but it was great to see them together like that. Nonetheless, the whole episode was an immense upgrade to episode four. And Andrew adds, which isn't saying much, because as we last week, there was we had a lot of uh, discussion about that. But he said it's this season's best episode since the first. Um, and for what it's worth, I tend to agree with that. I think that the first episode in this one were my favorite so far. Personally, he said uh, Vader and Reva scene was awesome. Vader toying with Reva was so cool. And him tearing up a ship was everything. <laughs> <laughs> he says, but can we please? He has that caps. I want to point that out. He says, can we please stop leaving people for dead? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, does anyone ever die when that happens? How did Vader not rip uh, rip Reva in half? 
<laughs> Another cheap plot device to keep a character alive. He said, we all knew the Grand Inquisitor was coming back, so that wasn't that special seeing him return at the end of Episode 5, but hope, hoping the finale is even better and at least wraps up the series in a satisfying way. Doubt it will blow me away. <laughs> so I, we wanted to share that. And, um, and, you know, fair enough. Like we've been saying this whole time, Dom mentioned this last week as well. You know, we, uh, we all love Star Wars, and because we love it, sometimes we tend to... Just be really direct and honest about where we're at if we don't like something about it, you know, and uh, and I've been I've enjoyed that we can all have that kind of conversation. So I did, I did want to share Andrew's comments. Um, did you guys want to respond to anything there at all or? Yeah. Or just kind of as we go. Father or... go first because I know he was chomping at the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had a couple of things. I mean, first of all, I just I didn't find the, the flashback sequence uh, cheap. Um, you know, and, okay. and of course, that's that's totally, you know, Andrew's opinion on it. I, I felt that it was mm-hmm. just totally an awesome way to 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 capture the, the dynamic between Anakin and Obi-Wan, but then also between Obi-Wan and Vader in the current in the current sure. timeline. But I think it also reveals that Anakin or rather Vader at this point mm-hmm. still is desiring to prove himself. Like he still mm-hmm. hasn't gotten over that need to right. show like he doesn't have anything to prove to anybody, but he still needs to. And that's why Obi-Wan can, can figure him out and help the people escape. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think that that was, that was uh, a brilliant move on um, the writer's part. And um, a couple other, I mean, just kind of, I guess, more fun comments. But, you know, apparently if you stab someone and leave them to die, it's the same as, you know, throwing them off off a building or oh, down, no. the, <laughs> down the, the shaft. Or cutting them in half. Yeah. What will happen? <laughs> I was going right. to tease him when I saw that, you know, ripping her half. I was like, well, I mean, Obi-Wan did that to Maul. It didn't right. seem to do much. Right. No. <laughs> um, and then the, the, the Grand Inquisitor twist. Um, yeah, we we all knew that he was coming back because of Rebels. So that I don't think was the twist. I think that the twist or the the misdirect maybe is the better word here is that mm-hmm. we were supposed to think that that's what Reva wanted was to be the Grand Inquisitor. And mm-hmm. the twist would be, no, that's not actually her motivation at all. She's just trying to use that to get to to get to Vader. Sure. So, yeah, you know, I mean, surely when oh, they wrote enough, this, yeah. we, even they knew that we were going to see right through the fact that the Grand Inquisitor wasn't mm-hmm. actually dead. So that can't even have been meant to be a kind of a shocking sort of, oh, he's alive at the end of the season, unless you haven't seen Rebels. And then and then it might be a bit of a surprise, which is sure. great, too. But. I think the twist was more about Reva. And I, I do know, I, I have some, some friends who are, are big Star Wars fans, you know, truly, but like that just, they never got into the animated shows, you know, so it would be more of a mm-hmm. twist for them because they do, you know, I don't know what the percentage is, right? But, you know, when they're doing these shows, I think it's got to be hard where, you know, this, how important the canon is. But by the same token, like there are, there is a significant number of people out there in your, your audience that, aren't familiar with rebels or, or you know so, so you right. can't just assume everybody knows anything either you know so there were people that probably thought he was dead my my know? dad would have been one of those he oh, the, right. I, uh, <laughs> uh, my parents were down this past weekend or this past mm-hmm. week and anytime there's a new star wars show uh we watch it together or we try mm-hmm. to so of course they he doesn't have disney plus at home so when he's here we <laughs> sprinted through the five episodes <laughs> so he's gonna wait for the finale but but he would have been one that would have no idea the you know the grand inquisitor was in rebels because he's he's not the type to watch 
uh, that without without me and even even rebels wouldn't be his style. What do you think, Angela? Anything you wanted to add? I I mean, my main comment would have been um, so in regards to Vader not learning the lesson or Anakin not learning the lesson from the flashback, I think that's kind of the point of him being Darth Vader is that he hasn't mm. learned. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, right. And yeah. so if he had learned his lessons properly, theoretically, like he wouldn't have become a Sith in the first place. Um, mm. So that's just, I mean, to me, that's like, you know, that's just part and parcel with his character. Um, and, you know, if, if I may also like, since we're talking about this too, um, I, I didn't realize, but as I was going through, you know, hearing what other people were saying about this episode, um, I realized that they wrote in that flashback partially as, um, sort of a prequel to star Wars episode four, a new hope, um, because of Vader and Obi-Wan's, um, lightsaber scene, at, you know, on the uh, on the Death Star at that point, because mm -hmm. that's when Vader says the circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like he's been he's been fuming about that mm -hmm. one lesson for who knows how many years, <laughs> you know, and it's just constantly been in his head like you know, no, I'm not, I'm not the learner. And it's, it's, you know, even Obi-Wan says it to him, it's like your need to prove yourself mm -hmm. is your undoing. Right. So, so even when he meets them in a new hope, he's just like, he wants to prove to Obi-Wan, like, right. well, see now I'm a master. Right. And you're the learner, but we all know that's wrong. <laughs> I'm just laughing too. Cause now in the timeline, it's, it's after this match that they have and not long after it, Mm -hmm. that there's that that great exchange in episode two and i had the quote here you know if you spend as much prime, you know time practicing your saber techniques as you do your wit you'd rival master yoda as a swordsman and anakin's like i thought i already did you know, <laughs> only in your mind my you know and it's like and now it's even funnier because it's just like oh yeah dude like yoda would have totally kicked your butt like but there's still this this you know you're good but just you know it, it's the attitude like i feel yeah. like what's beautiful about it is it's that it's the attitude the attitude mm -hmm. itself is the thing that's going to prevent him from being the thing he wants to be. Right. And that's, I think, the point Yoda's, or that, that Kenobi's trying to make with him, you know, is that your need to prove yourself, your need to win, like, at all costs. And it's just, of course, that's exactly what leads. And I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but when we talk, uh, Father, did you mention about the parallel between yes. Reva and, and yes. Vader? Because when we get there, I, I just, yeah, because that's just... um or you said the parallel between Obi-Wan and her. Yeah, I think yeah, what's neat is the parallel. Yeah. I was, I was thinking the parallel between her and Vader of yeah, this, me too. of you just, you know, you'll stop at nothing, mm -hmm. you know, to, to <laughs> do this, this thing, you know, like you're, you're trying to, to find this ultimate victory of some kind. And it's like, you don't care how many bodies, you know, you leave in your path, you know, there's no real logic to it. It's, mm -hmm. it's just become this, this, unreasonable pursuit um and i would i would i would throw out there that i mean this this can all be boiled down to the capital sin of pride mm -hmm. that this is i mean this this is what happens to someone who lives i mean anakin kind of exemplifies this you know he's 
defeated Master Yoda in his mind. Like he's built himself and built himself up in his own mind to be that good. And and yet he's always still trying to prove himself. So he's mm-hmm. he's he's always he's thinking about himself and his needs and his wants and his desires and not so much on on anybody else. And and of course, that's what leads to uh, Padme's downfall as well, because he, he right. needs her, not not so much uh, as a uh, he's, he's not willing to, to just let her go. It's his uh-huh. desire that he's holding on to. And I mean, that's one of the the, the great things about Star Wars is is that we can see like this is the natural progression of someone who is only thinking about themselves and is, you know, just, yeah, constantly building themselves up and not thinking about others. And and not that Anakin was totally that way. I mean, he, he, Mm -hmm. he, he has he has a lot of good traits, too. But the natural progression of someone who is living out of that pride leads you down this road that becomes Darth Vader and. And and then, of course, the beauty of Star Wars is even even someone in, in Darth Vader's position is not beyond redemption. And we right. see that, too, of course. Well, and I, I never got into um, uh, Breaking Bad. It's just not really my style, per se. But but I'm, I'm my family watched a lot. Like, I'm very familiar with the like, I, I probably know it as well as anyone who could know it who never watched it you know, <laughs> so like from beginning to end. And I know it was it was interesting that, you know in the ultimate downfall of, of Walter's character, that there's this, this realization that it's like, you know, he's, he's convinced himself he's doing this for his family. And at the end of the day, no, it's not quite that, you know, like, it, you, and there it's, it was all mixed up. And I think with Anakin, you think like, he's, you know, the first person he forced chokes is Padme. Right. You know, and if mm-hmm. Kenobi hadn't stopped him, like if Obi-Wan didn't stop him, it's like, would he have killed her? Like, and he is the one most directly responsible for her death. You know, but then he's trying to blame Obi-Wan because, you know, you turned her against me. And it's just that that refusal to accept and to craft that that own reality. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I just love the only thing I want to mention, too, about the flashbacks. I just love this, how you see these little connections you know, jumping back and forth to them both in present day. It's yes. not just Obi-Wan's flashback. Mm-hmm. So I love this reality of like using that as a device to kind of show this much deeper connection between the two of them. But this deeper problem that's mm-hmm. been there for. Right. You know, what? Uh, well, 20 years now at this point, you know, and um, yeah, so that's just a thought. Yeah. And I, I don't know if, if we want to jump to it uh, right now, but that was also the point in the flashback when mm-hmm. when Anakin yeah, go, says, yeah, go for it. Yeah. you know, Anakin says mercy doesn't defeat an enemy master, <laughs> which was quite a startling line. <laughs> it's kind of a brilliant line because it's <laughs> it's like a whole philosophy, le- like theology lesson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, in and of its, it's like a prompt to discuss. <laughs> so, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, I, I guess coming at it from, of course, as a as a Catholic, like uh, all I can think of is mercy is what conquered the conquered the world. Like Jesus yeah. himself, yeah, love itself is the one who vanquished uh, the enemy through. Yeah, through mercy, through love, through his sacrifice for all of us, yeah. and so, on. and that's why I found it so startling and off-putting. Was like, no, Anakin. <laughs> and of course, <laughs> Obi Wan's in the similar boat, but he's the one who just a few decades later—not even you know—he's the one who's ultimately going out of a sense of mercy to save his son to right. defeat the emperor. Well, and, and that's <laughs> like that's ironically the, enough, that's the beauty just of like, this is yeah. is of course so when cool. he's when he's twenty. 
he he can't see that that mercy has a much larger role to play yeah and it's not until yeah he sees his son being tortured by palpatine that he is able to recognize that yeah love is actually going to to be what what can what can save his son rather than uh rather than just kind of thinking about yourself right. and well, in that line that really, you know, like love can't save you, Padme, only my new powers can. It's like, <laughs> nope, <laughs> love is the thing, you know, like that's the, that's the whole thing right there. I feel like that's the lesson he has to, he has to, our lady undoer of knots needs to undo that. <laughs> and Anakin's mind. It takes a while. That kind of all um, ties into like, you know, going into like Reva, how she actually, mm. when they're storming in, uh, into the breach, Reva says, no mercy, seal them in. Hmm. So I I know that they specifically chose that phrase for her because that, you know, that had been discussed previously, um, the, the concept of mercy. Right. And just the fact that, you know, Anakin says that mercy can't, is, can't defeat an enemy is like, shows you where his mindset is, right? Like, his mindset, like Obi-Wan says, is on aggression and on mm. on one's own victory, right? And so he right. is constantly, as you were saying, Father, like he's constantly worried about himself and proving himself and, mm. and, and all that. And so when you're so focused on that, you can, you're blind to the power of mercy, you know, like you're blind to the concept that, you know, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. As I was saying, mm. you know, earlier that ultimately Obi-Wan goes into right. The situation without his lightsaber and everybody's like, you're crazy. What are you doing? Well, that's the idea, right? Like the idea is not to go in as the aggressor. Mm. Um, the idea is not to go in wanting my own victory period. Like Obi-Wan was going out for the people. Um, you know, ultimately he played a little game to kind of, um, you know, get to where he needed to be, but he was going in to that situation, not for himself or to prove anything about himself, but to help save others. And ultimately, you know, that's, that's what wins in the end. It, it goes, it goes back to even what you were saying earlier is, uh, you know, don't, don't underestimate people. And and I'll, actually, I one of the things that I kept thinking of too was uh, the way that uh, J.R.R. Tolkien structured the Lord, the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbits being the ones who ultimately save the day, and they're the unexpected sort of heroes because yeah. they're you know kind of look or they're they're small you know and they're 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 unexpected and and God uses the the unexpected you know and the small and the meek and the humble and. And even Obi-Wan embodies this somewhat in his like, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to take my weapons with me. I'm going to go in kind of um, humble, if you will, in that sort of sense. And it's that that tactic that is what ultimately proves the way to save the day. Well, and I'm just laughing, too, because that leaves I can't remember how he phrased it, but he phrased it a little bit differently. Obi-Wan did. Um but it was the same idea as, as that line from episode four, you know, Han, like they're going to, you know, not going to get me without a fight. And Obi-Wan <laughs> says to him, you know, you can't win, but there are all, you know, there are alternatives to fighting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's that, 
now there's like, yeah, there's a little more to that, you know, more direct like this. That's not just a throwaway line. I'm not saying it, it was in the original. You know, we didn't necessarily need to know more about what what the background of that is. But but here's another example of, of him living that out. Um, I do. I want to sort of pivot here a little bit because I don't want to. I didn't mention it in the in the, the overall plot summary, but I, I do not want to do uh, an injustice here by failing to spend just maybe a little bit of time on Tala's um, contribution here, yeah. you know, and, um, and let me just, I'll just set it up quick and you know, you know, turn it over to you guys just to get your thoughts. Cause uh, I thought it was a really powerful, probably one of the most powerful scenes in the episode. So, uh, and I like the way that they set this up because with you know Tala talking to uh, Ben when he gets the communique initially from from Bail Organa and he steps off to the side to watch it and uh, shuts it off and she kind of gives us more of her backstory that she you know kind of went in following orders they're just there to pick up people who aren't paying their taxes you know that kind of thing and she didn't know you know and she's sincere she didn't know what the Inquisitors really did and then she becomes part of it you know um, and it leads to which I think she said 14 people died. It was a couple families, six or seven of them were kids. And then she shows in her holster, she has the little, you know, tick marks for basically each kid. She can, I, I interpret it as each kid she can rescue now in the path or each mission or each, each one she gets through or something. Yeah. She was talking about the four yeah. sensitive children that they right. were taking. So I interpreted it as right. the kids she got to say, sure. Mm, that's interesting. I didn't even interpret so, it as children only, but. That would definitely go with the theme, you know, that, that I picked right. up on. And I didn't, I want to ask you guys about that a little bit and, and then, you know, and then, you know, about her, her sacrifice, of course, but the, um, cause that was something came up a few episodes ago as we were like, is her thing like now she just wants to help in a general kind of way. And I think, I think Thomas and Mike and I were talking about that a few episodes ago when she was first talking about the path, we weren't really sure yet, you know, is this specifically helping force sensitive kids or is this you know a more generic kind of of precursor to the rebellion so it seems now like it is more of a you know um helping kids who have any kind of potential jedi abilities you know to to find safety yeah well you know she her her line to obi-wan is um you're right obi-wan some things you can't forget but you can fight to make them better um, so I think ultimately because her sort of, um, awakening, um, to what the empire truly was, was related to the force sensitive, um, that ultimately she found her sort of calling, um, by mm -hmm. fighting to kind of undo, um, uh, not really undo, but, but to try to make things better in terms of what she unknowingly contributed to. Right. Um, and, you know, I find that that is really powerful when you consider like just how many difficult situations we all go through. And a lot of times when you go through something like she went through where you realize like, oh my gosh, it was, you know, I, I contributed to their death, you know, and they mm. were completely innocent. That can really destroy a person, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but she had the resilience and made the choice to say, well, then I'm going to use my conscience and I'm going to act according to that in a very courageous way, in a way that sacrifices potentially my own life, you know? So she's putting her own life on the line for these people. Um, so 
I think it just kind of has to say more so about her character and and then in turn we get this this understanding of what's happening to force sensitive people like this understanding that now there's all these other force sensitive people out there that did make it you know um either after order 66 or just were born force sensitive and escaped the empire's reach i see in her character very much the the christian journey and you mentioned vocation, and I think that's a, another a great way to, to to frame it. I was very sad that she that she died. I was yeah. I was really wanting more than just three episodes with her. But and what I mean by the the Christian journey is is she reminds me of a lot of people that I meet in RCIA who like mm-hmm. have lived in the world and who didn't even know that perhaps some of the things that they were doing or some of their their thoughts about even the catholic church were were wrong um yeah. and you know even some some of them would would you know you work for for organizations that support you know immoral things and someone right. who doesn't even know that those are wrong they don't they don't of course they're they're not morally responsible for that but there is a sense that once you learn that and you see the the error of your ways you know you have this conversion you know, this, this turning mm-hmm. away from that. And, and she, she exemplifies that she, she saw the evil that she participated in, although unwilling or unknowingly at the beginning. And then she turns down this road of, I'm going to dedicate my life to, to saving these kids. And, and, and of course in the Christian life, that's, that's, that would be analogous to then, you know, I'm going to live my life um, for the gospel, for Jesus and, and give my ultimately be willing to give my life for the truth and for what is right and for uh, my love of, of God. And ultimately Tala does just that. You know, mm-hmm. she's, she's shot and, and sacrifices herself in order to save Obi-Wan, who she of course knows is going to go on and save more. And, and yeah. she sees that as a, as a willing sacrifice and, and makes her life worth, worth, you know, worth that sacrifice. So I thought it was a very beautiful yeah. thing. I just thought it came way too quick, way too quick. So and how tender was that? Like the the interaction with Ned is it Ned Ned the, 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 droid. the, the loader droid? Yeah. Ned, Ned oh, yeah. yeah. Another character that I really liked, even though he didn't talk. You know, you can yeah, say I could take yeah. action figures of both of those characters, <laughs> and maybe even a novel about their their you know their journey um, yeah. with the path mm-hmm. and everything. That would be great. With Quinlan Voss stopping through. Yes. There <laughs> um, I was thinking, why don't we pivot to Reva here real quick? Because I, I want to uh, dig in. Because I know, Father, you had mentioned um, this potential sort of parallel between her mm-hmm. and Obi-Wan and, and, yep. and Angela, too. You know, any, any thoughts you have on Reva's unveiling in this episode? Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, I'll jump in. I, like I said, I, I sort of, after binging five episodes in a row with my dad, it, which actually was sort of helpful uh, to be to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I love waiting every week for the next episode, but there are things that I forget about previous episodes. And when you when you binge them all over the course of a few days, I'm going to do it. The, <laughs> the, the, the the story points tend to stick out a little bit more. And, and so I just I, I saw in in Riva and Obi Wan. They they the show is so focused on that that character study on. Obi-Wan not being able to let go of the past 
and, you know, looking at himself as a failure. And of course, that being the the reason why even he's struggling to use the force and why he doesn't, you know, really want to, to do anything and why he's reluctant to leave Tatooine to go rescue Leia in the first place. And, and he's sort of just defeated because of his focus on not letting go of the past. Mm. And Reva is like the same, but it like she won't let go of the past. And I can totally understand because she wants revenge because Anakin killed the only family that she knew. So rather than causing her to just sit and do nothing, though, where Obi-Wan has sort of become stagnant, Reva like jumps into this diehard revenge. And I mean, it's it's sort of just interesting when you think about it. She was a Jedi youngling who who somehow infiltrates the role of an inquisitor in order to get to Vader, you know, so I would, mm. I would love to, to, to know the story of how did she get chosen as an inquisitor in the first place and how, you know, yeah. uh, because she was supposed to be killed in the temple, but, but of course doesn't. And so I just, that, that revenge on her side and not letting go of the past is what is fueling her all the way through the episode today. And in fact, I'm very curious where her story is going to go next because she finally had that encounter with Vader, which we should talk about here in a little bit, which was amazing. But she didn't succeed in getting her revenge. So I, I, I'm i not sure if, if Obi-Wan is going to be able to kind of help her to forgive or let go of the past and move forward somehow or if if her desire for revenge is going to mm. ultimately cause her and Vader to cross again and then she she gets killed. I'm not sure, but there, there's a, there's a sense that both Reva and Obi-Wan have to somehow come to terms with their past in order to move forward. And whether Reva does or not, we'll see Obi-Wan. I think we see him slowly accepting the fact that Anakin's fall was not his fault and that he still has a role to play in his ability to, to, to help people and we see that in just, you know, his his use of the force, his his. In fact, I mean, even like I don't know if this was intentional or not, but I mean, even if you look at his face, he looks I don't know if this is or just me seeing it. He looks younger in these more recent episodes than he did in episode one where mm-hmm. he just looked like a worn, beaten, beaten yeah. guy, you know, yeah. so I, I feel like this is Ben's story of accepting the past, forgiving himself and learning to to move on and become the Ben that we know from episode four. So I just, I thought both right. of those, how they deal with the past, whether that's going to cause them to move forward or, or not, I think we're going to see uh, a conclusion here in, in the finale. Very good. What do you, what do you think, Angela? Well, Reva. <laughs> yeah, for Reva, I would say this particular episode of the show helped me to realize that she is kind of a foil to Obi-Wan in the sense of um, their their ways of going about what they what they choose, what they put their mind to. Right. So um, Reva, we know she's been alone ever since Order 66. Right. Mm-hmm. Like she has been singularly by herself on in the streets or in the gutter or whatever they say that where they found her. Um, and she has taken it upon herself, even though they call her the third sister, right? She's very much in this for herself and with her own ideas. 
from the very, you know, first time we met her. And so in this particular episode, we get this, this line where she says, you know, I don't need anyone, right? Obi-Wan is offering her help. She says, I don't need anyone. And you have no idea what I have been able to do by myself. Mm. Um, And so that is very much a foil to Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan, he went into the desert by himself and it was his, his plan to remain by Mm. himself. Um, But he was presented this opportunity um, to, to continue his mission in a different way and in a way that required him to not be by himself and not be in into himself in a sense, like to, to connect with the force again, which, um, you know, connecting with other people, meeting Leia, connecting with her. Um, and so I found really this foil in, in the sense that, you know, Reva and the dark side in general, we see like uses others. Um, and this is something we've talked about before, but I felt like it was so strong, just even with the droid, you know, Lola, like Reva uses the droid, right? Um, versus like Leia would cooperate with her droid in order to fix the um, the hangar doors. And, you know, the light side cooperates with others, like Obi-Wan choosing to cooperate with everyone around, like to create this like group plan, right? To get everyone safe. Um, and then even Tala, you know, she, she sees herself as someone who's part of the greater plan, right. Of the path of saving these people. So ultimately, yeah, Reva, she wants to kill Vader by herself and she tries to do that and it fails. You know, I, I wonder if, she had just kept Obi-Wan kneeling there for Darth Vader to come, you know, and just be fixated on on Obi-Wan. If Reva had tried to kill Vader at that particular moment, if it would have happened, perhaps. I don't know. We'll never know. But um, just her wanting to do everything by herself it was really, um, so far, her, her downfall. So many good thoughts. <laughs> and there's so much more we, I mean, there's so many other things we could unpack about this. I'm just, I'm looking at our time here a little bit and I'm thinking, I'm sure you guys would be up for this and, and the listeners too, but, you know, probably some level of them chomping at the bit. Like, let's just, let's spend a couple minutes digging in a little bit to that fight sequence yeah. <laughs> or the build up to it because, I mean, come on. Um, and I just, I was laughing because the, just one thing I want to mention is, how he how he you know blocks her swings at him with the lightsaber just just holding it back like that and I, I laughed a little bit because of course like that's something that to my knowledge it might have been the animated series somewhere I can't think about it I can't remember per se but the first time I remember seeing that at least in live action was in the Rise of Skywalker when they're fighting on the Death Star wreckage and both mm-hmm. Kylo and Rey do that you know sort mm-hmm. of to each other but I'm just laughing because it's part of me that's like. You know, if Vader could be like, you imagine like Kylo Ren practicing that and he gets that move down and he's all proud of it. And the ghost of Vader's like, oh, dude, I did that like decades ago. (laughs) I just did that all the time. You just, oh, really? That's what you want to show me? You know, it's like (laughs) this really upset grandkid, you know, like, Grandpa, I want you to be impressed. (laughs) So, uh, but no, I mean, that was just, what did you guys think about, like, as you're watching that, what what was going through your minds? Because I was, I was just blown away. (laughs) 
I was awestruck by his power. Yeah. And and all I could think about was the parallel between the Darth Vader that we see at the end of Rogue One, where he's just mm-hmm. like using the force and like throwing the rebel soldiers just across the room and and his ability he didn't even use a lightsaber for the first half of that battle until he finally <laughs> kind of uh got one got one from Riva. And that in itself is impressive. And it shows his power. He mm. he he wouldn't have even have needed to use a lightsaber at all to win that battle. Yeah, and, and he never turned his own on. Right, he only used that's hers. like beneath him. Right, and, but then like, but then like, yeah. and Andrew mentioned it in his kind of comments, and he he just he's like a cat playing with a mouse. Yeah, he throws the lightsaber back at her so she can fight, and just kind of toys oh with gosh. her until he pulls both lightsabers to his own hand, and then uh, and then stabs her and leaves her not dead <laughs> so uh which on one hand maybe maybe actually he has plans yet to use her that's exactly what i was thinking um mm-hmm. yeah i mean i loved it, it was just a fun spectacle to watch mm-hmm. i mean yeah. you know star wars fans like we can talk about the deep stuff all day but ultimately like we can all if there's a good lightsaber scene yeah we're all like gonna be rooting for it people by um, the way i just have to say people are gonna hate me for saying this but i i was actually secretly hoping a little bit that when the second ship did get away we'd see a a pan back and he's there going no (laughs) but i was like thankfully no go ahead angela i'm sorry well yeah i mean the just i i'm so glad that we finally saw the the saber like really the inquisitor saber like used mm. to its sort of full capacity i mean we right. still haven't seen them use it as a helicopter which <laughs> i'm really sad about maybe episode six maybe but um but you know it's kind of cool like how i mean he did i guess break it i don't know if that's just a feature or if that's something that he just did yeah. and he broke it but um Really cool. But yeah, I totally was wondering because, um, you know, you got to wonder like he so he as Anakin, as Darth Vader, whatever he he went in in Order 66 and slaughtered all these kids except for one. And with his force abilities just left, like thinking that everyone was dead. No, like Mm. I, I believe now that he knew that she was still alive and that he knew that she would be useful later on or he thought she might be useful later on because that's just how the Sith think, right? Like we've seen Palpatine do that all the time across Uh all different star Wars stories and stuff. Um, Just this and, and Darth Maul as well, using people again, going back to that concept of using people and, then discarding them when they're no longer useful. And so he says to her, like, you're not useful anymore and just kind of leaves her there. But, you know, we did get that tease from the Grand Inquisitor saying, you know, that that revenge, what what does he say? Revenge does wonders for the will to live. So I, I just, I wonder if yes, they had him say that because there he is, he came back. But then also because, she's there and she's still alive and maybe you know we know that she still probably wants revenge so then what's gonna happen right like is she still gonna 
be useful to Darth Vader, you know, in in the sixth episode somehow. Who knows? We'll see. Well, and and to point out too, Vader remembered her from yeah. the temple yeah. because he makes the point, and I forget exactly how he worded it, but it was like you know, he calls her a youngling right before mm-hmm. he leaves. Right, too. right, right. Which was a clear reference back to her time as a, as a youngling in the temple. So she, I think, thought that he didn't remember her at all. But he remembered her and, and Yav could have likely from the get-go knew she was going to come do something for him. Well, and I was just really... It wasn't so much a plot hole. I, I was, it was a question I had because, like, when she, from the from the get go, when she's like in the hangar and saying like, "He's alive, Obi Wan, Anakin Skywalker's alive," I was like, "That's like, how many people know that?" Like, that. Wait a minute, hold on. And, and so, and then now that we've gone through it, like like you guys were saying, I, I got to go back and binge it again before Episode <laughs> Six because then now I'm remembering things like nobody else. Like, she doesn't mention that to any other Inquisitors, no other, like, nobody else in the whole Mm -hmm. series mentions that. And then I thought that was, I had kind of forgotten about it. And then when he mentions it to her at the door, like, how did you know that he would have kept that hidden? And that's, I was like, okay, good. Yeah, because so it's it's this secret, you know, that that she's been pursuing him. And But yeah, oh my gosh. I just couldn't, uh, I couldn't get over, like... Would you wait? My only criticism of that was, I was like, would I be waiting for him to rip the ship apart, see me through it, and then be like, ha, ha, gone. I think, I think the moment the moment the, sh- the other ship hits and he starts to tear it, I'm like, okay, guys, go now. <laughs> no, but that was like so, I never expected. Um, and that's another Rise of Skywalker little hat tip, I feel like, because yep. that was, for me, that was so cool because it's like, I was so impressed in the theater watching Rise of Skywalker, like mm-hmm. watching the two of them try to pull the ship and neither one of them, like they were blocking each other. You know, it was analogous to fighting over the lightsaber, but so much cooler, you know, but he just walks in. He's like, nope, I'm pulling this ship down to the ground. And it was just like, and he does wow. just pull it down. There's <laughs> yeah. no like, he, he, he didn't it wasn't even, a really big effort. You know, just right. Down. Right. In at least Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> you get the sense that, like, had they not been fighting each other, that the ship would have won eventually. Ray would yeah. have, you know, gotten tired. And and this Vader was just like, nope, just pull the ship down. And I couldn't help but laugh. But like, if you, if you if you imagine this mashup of that scene with like, I, I'm sure Robot Chicken will do something like this at some point. But like a mashup of that scene and like the famous like li- attempt to lift the X-Wing gently out of the waters of Dagobah mm-hmm. and like dad versus grandpa, you know, sometimes, you know, and like Luke's like, I'm trying like, you know, you're like, son, this is how you does it. Where grandpa's like, just, you know, very, all right, let me show you. Calm down. Got some years on you. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask you guys just, and why don't we just go ahead. Um, any last minute thoughts you guys have or any final, like, you know, things you want to talk about, anything we missed. Um, I've got just a couple more points. Sure. One and of predictions, them, too, if you want to make any for next week or any hopes um, for the last episode. Well, maybe, maybe not predict. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, they're not really predictions, but I expect to see, again, the resolution of whether yeah. Riva, you know, uh, accepts the pastor or not and where mm-hmm. that leads her. And then, of course, Obi-Wan as well. Uh, what I was going to point out was, and this is only because I binged it um, again, that I even made this connection. What What's important about Reva getting that that communications device at the very end is that Bail Organa mentions Owen by name. 
Right. And Owen oh, right. in episode one was the one that she very specifically pointed out that if the the town didn't give up the Jedi, she would kill oh. him and his family. Mm-hmm. So right. I, was, I missed that. Yeah. It, my first watch through, it was mm-hmm. like, okay, so she hears Tatooine and a boy and, and what's the connection? The connection is Owen, the name, because yeah. he mm-hmm. told her his name on Tatooine in episode one. So obviously that is going to play a role in the finale. So I just, I wanted to yeah. point that out. And then I also feel like I should point out um, to some, it will be an elephant in the rooms to others. They won't really care. But the fact that in the, the flashback scene, Hayden wasn't de-aged so much. Mm-hmm. And I will, I, I just want to give my own two cents on it. Uh, I found it initially surprising that Hayden did look um, older than, than his Anakin counterpart from 20 years ago, but only for a moment. Once, once that mm-hmm. moment passed, it was easy to fall into sort of the suspension of disbelief and just let mm. the characters be the characters and really just enjoy that. So, um, so that's really all I wanted to say about that. I didn't find it distracting except for the initial, like, Oh, he looks older. And then I, you know, kind of went into, uh, just enjoying the, the fight. So that was all and, that and I, to be fair. I, I, may we all look as close to we did when we were 19 before we were 41. Because I, oh, I saw some of the criticism on I'm like, guys, listen. Like, yeah, Hayden's doing pretty good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> his, oh. Let's give him some credit. Absolutely. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have to admit that that was distracting to me. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was initially like, okay, if you're going to show me this scene from that's supposedly set in this particular time period, then they should look like they did in that particular time period. Um, As someone who has done like directing and like producing now, like being able to look at that from like Deb Chow's perspective and also Mm -hmm. the fact that their timeline was sort of um, the show was uh, delayed a few days um, in debuting. Mm -hmm. I have to wonder if um, this was one of the decisions where it was like, okay, well, we're making this decision mostly because it's practical to just keep them just doing makeup. But also we can say that it's artistic because maybe they're remembering themselves looking like they do in the present, not as they did in the past. I'm going with that one. That's a a fun way to look at it. Like that could be a two for situation where it's like, let's just say like this is practical, but also we can make it artistic at the same time <laughs> there was part of me I was thinking I was like you know you know Disney can afford it but then I was like but by the same token they're doing a lot right now with <laughs> you know like all the the deep fake stuff I'm like so if some of that money is going towards stuff we don't know like they spent it all on making Harrison Ford 30 years old in the you know, Indiana Jones 5 movie <laughs> <laughs> to de-age him 50 years maybe that's where all the budget went <laughs> well, and I was just going to add it, it seems obvious that that Obi-Wan is remembering that particular yeah. fight scene as he's uh-huh. engaging in this episode. So it, it totally fits that that sort of idea and mentality. And, and you can tell, too, because it's funny. His hair is so much better, like modern day than in, like with the mullet, like the legendary <laughs> mullet from episode two. So like I noticed I was laughing because I was like they kind of tweaked it a little bit to make it look a little different than the rest of the show, but it's definitely not the same, the same kind of thing. And they, they've talked about that so much in interviews and, and like he's joked about it. It's pretty funny. <laughs> so any, any, any last things you guys hope? Oh, go ahead, Angela. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I do. I have, um, yeah, a couple yeah. other things too. Yeah, please. Well, 
Obi-Wan in particular, like his his journey with the force, I find has been one of the things that I was disappointed with. But now that, you know, again, rewatching everything, um, I'm starting to get with it. Like I'm starting to get on board with the way that they decided to do this, because, um, you know, I, I can't imagine. Of course, I don't know what it's like to be a Jedi in the first place, but I can't imagine what it was like for Obi-Wan to like essentially cut himself off from the force for a while. Um, and to not have that practice, it's almost like, well, I guess you could imagine it. Like if you just stopped praying, like as a Christian, you know, mm-hmm. just stop praying altogether and not open yourself up to the divine in any way and just kind of go through your drudgery, you know, day to day. Um, so trying to then like reconnect, um, is going to take some time and seeing that slow reopening, um, this particular line like that you don't necessarily catch unless you're watching the show with the subtitles on is um when when Obi-Wan just kind of gets to Jabim and he's looking around and and he's told that all these people need to get on the transport because they've been waiting for months. Then they go to this like family, I guess, and this mom who's like telling her child it's going to be all right. The path will protect us. Mm-hmm. And to me, when I, the most recent time that I rewatched this, I was thinking, you know, the path itself is reminiscent of like the way of the Jedi, you know, um, and the idea that Obi-Wan is seeing that and hearing that, right? Like these people are putting their trust in the path right. that. I can see the connection with him also choosing more and more to slowly to like trust in the force and connect with the force again. Um, it, from the very first episode where he's like, we lost, it's over, you know, go mm-hmm. away <laughs> to now, you know, it's different, right? Um, he's, he's using the force more again. So I'm really appreciating and enjoying his, his journey. I think more so, after rewatching these episodes right. a couple of times. Sure. I don't know if you guys have the same. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 The, the other phrase that I really liked that he read, and I'm wondering if y'all got any meaning out of this, the light will fade, but is never forgotten was um, in Arabesh on, on the wall. So I don't know if that was once again, like sort of him kind of remember, like remembering the, the importance of the force and the importance of um, the Jedi, what the Jedi originally stood for, um, how it's, it's never forgotten by these people. Um, And then the last note that I had was we were talking about mercy and being humble and cooperating with others um, that Leia is, is used, right? Like she's the little child that people Mm -hmm. ultimately like she's, she, if she didn't get, her mission done, then none of those people would have survived. So, um, potentially, right. So the idea that everything was in the hands of a small child, um, is ultimately, I think together with that concept of mercy and cooperation. And so, yeah. Yeah. And one other quick comment about, about lay in this episode Mm -hmm. was we can, we can totally see her, her leadership abilities too. That when when she she is 
not even confronted directly with the problem of the, 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 the bay doors needing to be open. She just jumps in and takes charge. And, you know, rather than even ask for a ladder, she just says, I need a ladder. And then uh, <laughs> is able to, to, to get one because Obi-Wan vouches for it. And I just, I, I, again, I think that the, 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 um, the actress who was doing young Leia is just totally spot on. And I think, and I, again, I think she's kind of, she's, she's definitely my favorite and I just love every scene that she's in. So she is a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. Well, you guys, and anything else? Are you guys going to, we're ready to wait for oh, the finale finale. <laughs> well, uh, that's it from us for this time around listeners. What did you think of this episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi? Please let us know. We'd love to hear your take on it. You can email us any feedback at star Wars at sqpn.com or visit the star quest discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. You can also find star quest on Facebook at facebook.com slash starquest media and on twitter at sqpn plus previous episodes of the secrets of star wars by visiting sqpn.com slash star wars um, and i do want to mention real quickly um, uh, a great thanks and shout out to our listener uh, megan who wrote to us and gave us some feedback it was it's been very helpful for our own kind of just just you know, looking at this show and trying to balance our, our, you know, criticisms and critique critiques while also just, you know, uh, never failing to show how much we, we love Star Wars, all of us, you know, and to quote Andrew, um, who frequently says this, and I always love this when he just says, just give me more Star Wars, just keep it coming, <laughs> give me more Star Wars. So at the end of the day, that's all what we, what we want, right? Um, and we'd also like to take a moment to thank our patrons because without them, we couldn't do this, right? So they make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars. Uh, this week, uh, week we want to thank, uh, especially Hiram G, Todd B, Jared S, Anthony M, Andrew E. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all of the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Last but not least, be sure to follow The Secrets of Star Wars in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, your favorite podcast app, or on the SQPN YouTube channel, where you should hit the bell to get notifications. We'd really appreciate it if you could please take a minute to leave us a nice review and rating on Apple Podcasts, and share the podcast with your friends to help us grow our community so we can reach more listeners. Oh, and don't forget... Uh, to order your very own Secrets of Star Wars merch, right? T shirt, phone case, whatever you want. There's tons of stuff on there by visiting sqpn.com slash merch. We will be back next week as we take a deeper look at Kenobi Part 6, the grand finale. So mark your calendars because you will definitely not want to miss it. So until next time, Angela Silana, thank you for joining me and sharing the Secrets of Star Wars. My pleasure. Looking forward to next week. Absolutely. And Father Fett, thank you as well. Absolutely. It's great to be here. And once again, I'm Mike Creevy. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. Quest.